Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are talking about what is intuitive eating. And this episode is for you if you are brand new to intuitive eating, or if you have been working towards intuitive eating, have some ideas about it, or have you been practicing it for a while. I hope that it gives you some further insights on what it truly is and see where you might be at in the process. I am someone who is certified in intuitive eating. I have been for 10 plus years. If you know me, you know my why is all rooted when I discovered intuitive eating as I was preparing to take my exam to become a dietitian. And based on what I had learned and had interpreted a lot of my nutrition education, I developed a really negative relationship with food. And I couldn't go on to practice in that way. And what I felt like was infecting others with a really reductive and like I said, negative approach to eating. So Fortunately for me, through lots of desperate internet searches and deep diving, I found intuitive eating, which made sense to me and was the root of how I went into practice and how I still practice today. Intuitive eating is a self-care framework for eating. There's a lot of misconceptions about it out there. It was developed by Elsie Resch and Evelyn Triboli, two wonderful dietitians. I have cried <laughs> when I met both of them in person. They were just really, really impactful to me, and I'm grateful for their contributions to our field. And to date, there are over 120 studies supporting intuitive eating as a process-based approach to becoming an expert of yourself with eating. So super cool, lots there. But basically, intuitive eating as a self-care framework for eating acts to reduce barriers that connect us with our body. Barriers such as thoughts, rules, beliefs, and while at the same time connecting more deeply through understanding our biological cues like hunger and fullness, emotions, as well as intuition and connection. So there is a set of 10 principles surrounding intuitive eating. I'm going to quickly go through them and explain each one, but I want it to be said that when you're approaching intuitive eating, you will find that Your approach with it doesn't feel like a really neat set of steps and you're going from one to two to three to four and four to five and so on. You feel like you're a bit all over the place and you're trying to essentially bring some of these principles together here and there. A lot of my clients and community members end up starting with satisfaction. It always feels like a really important hub to begin, but the first one, this makes sense why it is listed first, is rejecting the diet mentality. So what that means is surrounding us as a culture, as a system, there are all all of these external messages. Don't eat after 8 p.m. Don't snack between meals. Limit your fat intake. Don't eat carbs after dark. 
you know, all of the different things that we have heard over the years. And those are all external messages. And so how do you start to separate from them? And the kind of this idea of, I have to set aside my desire to lose weight and what I've been taught about food. So this just kind of rejection, putting it aside. A lot of times I see intuitive eating now that it's more popular and buzzy, co-opted with weight loss. That's a huge red flag. As a model, intuitive eating is not joined up with weight loss. When reality, people who engage in this model may stay the same weight, they may lose weight, they may gain weight, and weight has nothing to do with the outcome of intuitive eating. So after we kind of have rejected the nine mentality, we've kind of set some of these things aside, then we move into honoring hunger. And what I like to remind people about hunger or share is that we are often taught to suppress hunger, to shut it down. So we've often lived through a really chaotic experience with eating where we're not feeding ourselves enough and our brain is operating under primal hunger. So it's telling us to eat. There was a study called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. And this was back after they were conscientious objectors to the war. And these were healthy 19, 20-year-old men who were engaging in this experiment of semi-starvation. And these men were screened, no mental health conditions, no pre-existing eating disorders, and they were fed a semi-starvation diet. They were getting 1,600 calories a day. And what happened was interesting. So keep in mind, this is in the 40s. These men were swapping recipes. They were obsessed with food. They developed bizarre rituals around eating. They reported low mood. All they could think about was eating. They engaged in binge eating when they were able to. Some of them stole food, hid food. A lot of the same behaviors that we see when we have been dieting or restricting or under eating for whatever reason, a lot of these things end up happening. So really looking at honoring our hunger as a way to really heal from the deprivation that we've experienced from from not eating enough and, and to actually get in the practice of listening to our hunger. The next one is making peace with all foods. This is this idea of allowing all foods and having permission to eat all foods. And if you're feeling a level of resistance and skepticism around that, you're not alone. And it often is correlating with the level of deprivation that you might feel around those. So maybe you were really limited on sweets as a child and you were the kid at your friend's house or at the birthday party, you know, eating all the cake when other kids who didn't have sugar limited to them you know, really aren't paying so much attention. So there's a lot of things that can support you as you enter this process, things such as paradox of permission, this idea that if you, when you allow yourself to have these foods, that they can lose a bit of power over you. And then eventually the habituation effect of habituating to these foods, getting used to these foods. So once they're allowed in again, bringing that back in, typically in a really systematic way and healing that deprivation. You're probably listening because you want expert help changing the way you think about food. If you're tired of piecing together random information and doing this alone, we have everything you need in Realign Community, where for only $79 a month, you get live support from me, weekly calls, videos and worksheets, a community Facebook group, and email support so you can figure out where you're stuck and take action. You can check that all out at realignedcommunity.com. The next thing that we move into with intuitive eating is challenging the food police. 
And that really relates to a lot of the diet mentality, a lot of the rules that we've developed, a lot of those kind of repeating thoughts that we might hear. These foods are bad. These foods are good. Don't eat this. Don't do that. If you don't work out, don't eat this. You know, a lot of those just basically rules. And many of us are surprised at how many we have once we start paying attention. So really starting to challenge those rules and say, well, why? Where did I hear that? Who told me that? Is that relevant? Is that something that I need to be paying attention to now? Chances are it's not. So really working through that. The next principle of intuitive eating is respecting your fullness. So looking at how does this food taste? What is your current fullness level? You're getting in touch with your bodily signals and telling you about what your body needs, pausing in the middle of a meal, observing and getting to know the signs that show you you're comfortably full. Many of us are living in this state of just stopping our hunger and neutralizing our hunger versus being uncomfortably full because we're disconnected. This idea of getting connected again. The next principle is looking at satisfaction. So the satisfaction factor is super powerful and it's okay if you have no idea, you know, really what it is, but it's, it's something as simple as savoring what you do like, considering what you do like to eat. What does it taste like? What are you interested in? How satisfying is this meal for you? If you're eating lunch, does it keep you full for half an hour or three hours? If you're eating a snack, is it what you wanted to eat or are you just full, but you're mentally wanting something different? It's trusting that our bodies can tell us what they want. And as a culture, our country tends to be one that values satisfaction much less than other countries. So it's just really interesting and, you know, being allowed to experience pleasure from what you're eating and how powerful that is and helping you feel content. Providing this experience for yourself, you'll find that it takes, you know, a really different way and different way of approaching food than you might have before. The next principle is looking at feelings and food. And a lot of times emotional eating is very much pathologized for us. And what we're trying to look at with intuitive eating and emotions is this idea of you know, what is our repertoire in meeting our emotional needs? Food can be an appropriate one sometimes. Sometimes that's the best thing that we know. Sometimes it's very effective. But when we find that we're still reaching for other things, what else is in your toolbox? And beyond, you know, what you're feeling, what do you need? Are you able to name that for yourself? So it's kind of teasing apart emotions and food a bit. It's a really, really powerful thing to go through. The next principle is looking at respecting your body. All bodies deserve dignity and respect, period. There is a lot of systemic stigma in healthcare and in our society about different bodies, shapes, and sizes. And at the end of the day, what we're shooting for with intuitive eating is looking at what kind of value do you bring as a person outside of your body? And we realize that, you know, because it's a stomach issue, that it's not an individual thing. You shouldn't feel shame if you felt this way or continue to feel this way. Or if you live in a larger body or somebody that's subject to the stigma directly, then, you know, chances are there's a lot of consequences related to that. And, you know, how you handle that is largely individualized and just working to do your best with it. 
the next principle is exercising and it's feeling the difference. We actually try to move into more of a movement principle, moving in a way that feels good, finding joy in movement, focusing on how you feel with exercise and not what kind of like militant working out, being fueled with exercise, eating enough to fuel your exercise, eating enough to energize your workouts. And, you know, most importantly, what is the motivation behind exercise for you? Moving away from aesthetics and more into how you feel and what it's doing for your body and your health long-term. The last principle is gentle nutrition. It's honoring our food choices, what tastes good to us. You know, there's not any perfection here. What feels good to you? So if you sat down and found, oh my gosh, if I follow intuitive eating, I'll eat an entire sleeve of Oreos. Well, how would that make you feel? Chances are you would have a tummy ache after after you did that. And so thinking about long-term, just coming from a different place, you're not going to suddenly get a nutrient deficiency from, you know, one meal or snack or single day of eating. It's what you do consistently over time and how you are approaching these things in your life overall, eating enough, eating a variety of nutrients, and so on. I hope this helps give you a gentle outline of intuitive eating. We weave intuitive eating principles all throughout this podcast. We'll be diving into certain elements of intuitive eating, but I wanted to just give you an introductory outline to some of these things so that you could refer back to this or have a working knowledge as we move forward in the podcast and where we're headed with those. So thank you so much for being here today. We really enjoyed talking to you about this. And at any time, please connect with me on Instagram and at Light Nutrition. Let me know what you thought of this episode, what intuitive eating principles resonate with you the most, which ones you struggle with, which ones you want to know more about. And I am happy to continue to craft more episodes for you based on that. Take care. And until next time, thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at align nutrition. Let me know if you like this, or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast, I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.